and welcome to episode 29 of the Knit Actually podcast. My name is Becky, and I'll be your host. Today's segments include Actually Finished, Actually Working, Actually Stashed, Actually Hand-Dyed, Actually Planning, Actually Attending, and then a wrap-up of some knit-alongs and giveaways that we have going on. So guys, this has been a rough week for me. I had two kids down sick on separate days, so... Uh, two separate occasions of kids homesick from school and just kind of feeling cruddy. I have one with the stomach crud and one with viral bronchitis. And then my dad has been in town from out of state to have some medical tests done. So I was driving him back and forth to some appointments and that was pretty stressful. I put 400 miles in the car this week. So I am um, going to describe what happened this weekend as a yarn bender (laughs) So I took yesterday and today, Friday night too really, and I have just been um, really kind of giving myself the weekend to recuperate and relax and I have a lot of fun yarny things to tell you guys about as a result. So let's get started. Actually finished. I have three finished objects to tell you guys about this week. All of them are pretty small but very exciting. The first thing that I finished is another one of those gradient cowls that I've been working on off and on um, for the last, I don't know, six months or so. This is one that I knit out of a um, Stellina-based DK that I had caked up, and I I dyed one end of it um, a Caribbean blue, so a turquoise, as I do, and the other is a silver gray. And it's really pretty. It's got quite a lot of white in it. A lot of these that I did with the cake dyeing, I did... Uh, worsted weight yarn and so the DK because it's a because there's more yarn in the cake the dye makes it um, less far in the yardage if that makes sense so there's there's just more white uh, but it's really really pretty I finished this one up the kids and I went to see the movie Eddie the Eagle which was fantastic and I didn't have any socks that were at the appropriate stage for working on in a movie so I decided to um, just grab one of those little cows that I had had started and it was sitting in a bag and I finished it up very quickly. The movie was great by the way. Hugh Jackman is fantastic in all things but especially in this he was charming. So um, so I finished this up and these are generally supposed to be things that I was going to give people as gifts and this one was just too cute and really just my favorite favorite colors so I'm keeping it. I don't think I've worn it yet but I have it in my my little stash of cowls so that was a fun one. Um, Again just I did like a three by one rib and it was very very rewarding. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today as it relates to some of these hand dyeing things and and really just yarn dye setting in general I guess um, the citric acid soak that you hear a lot of people talk about. Jasmine from the Knit More Girls has a blog post about it. Um, they talked about it again in the most recent episode of the Knit More Girls. And Boston Jen from Downseller Studios talked about this in her most recent episode. So the concept here is if you have um, especially indie dyed yarns and you're worried about loss of dye or bleeding and color work or fading over time, that you can take the knitted object or the skeins of yarn before you start, right? If you're going to do color work and you're worried about it bleeding, you could soak your skein of yarn in some citric acid, um, jelly roll it up with some saran wrap, and nuke it in the microwave. And that will help to make sure that the acid really has taken over and set in the dyeing process. Now, generally, 
you know, I know just enough about dying to be dangerous. So I was thinking earlier, I guess I could call myself a dyer, like I call myself a knitter. It's one of my hobbies. Um, but I'm far from an expert, and I've only been doing it for, I guess, I guess maybe a year and a half now. But um, the generally, as you set the dye, that's what the dyer will have done already, right? Is either use vinegar or citric acid to help. Um, that acid is what um, causes the chemical bond so that the dye bonds itself to the fiber. Um, and so this is something they already will have done, right? Either used vinegar or citric acid to set the dye. Um, but as a precaution, in case, you know, something went wrong, especially indie dyed things, right? They're individual things. They're people. They're not machines. So not everything is going to be 100% consistent all the time. If you feel more comfortable using one of these solutions, it's probably a great safeguard, especially if you were knitting color work. The one thing that I wanted to make sure people knew, because I've made this mistake, is um, if you use citric acid on yarn with stellina in the fiber content, it will dull the stellina to the point that you can really hardly even tell that it's there. And I didn't know this when I was first messing around with the dyes. So this yarn, for example, that I knit with the cowl was a Stellina-based yarn. And I dyed it up and I thought, huh, it was so much sparklier before I put it in the pan. That's strange. And then I read somewhere that that was the deal. And so sure enough, if I use vinegar to set the dye when I'm messing around with my dye pots and uh, the Stellina still looks amazing. And I dyed some this week that I'll tell you guys about in a little while. But if you use citric acid, it will not maintain that sparkle. So I just wanted to put that out there to save people any amount of heartbreak that might come from citric acid soaking your sparkly yarns and then having them come out and the color is set but now the sparkle is gone. So learn from my mistake. And again, these were just experiments I was dying with, but um, but I have done that myself. I have soaked Stellina-based yarn in citric acid and it, it does not play well with others. So um, just wanted to put that out there in case anybody was planning to use that technique and had any sparkly yarn that they wanted to preserve. The other thing that citric acid will do is if you have a nice manicure and you are working with citric acid, it will take the sheen right off your manicure, which is also kind of a bummer. So little advice there for me. The other two things that I finished were gifts. And so my son's social studies teacher is getting ready to have a baby beginning of April. We knit her a blanket at Christmas time. So if you've been listening, you probably remember the blanket that I was working on for her, the Chevron baby blanket. But now he wanted uh, me to make her a hat. So I had some Spud and Chloe sweater in the water slide colorway, which is a beautiful turquoisey blue. I have a little of it sitting right here in front of me, actually. And... I whipped her up a hat. We knit the, I knit the bonbon toque for her, which is a tin can knits pattern. I was going to say it's free, but I think I'm mistaken. I think I got this pattern for free when they did their advent 12 days of, 12 days before Christmas, little giveaway that they were doing. And I had knit one of these before, back in January, I knit one for a friend of my husband's who was also having a little baby boy. And it's a really cute, quick, cabled hat. So, I whipped that up in one evening, and then we took my jumbo pom-pom maker, which is new, out for a test drive, and we made an enormous pom-pom that will probably be as big as the baby's head, but it looks really cute on the hat, 
and I'm sure it will look really cute on the baby. I suspect that they will not get any use out of this until the fall when the baby is bigger and able to hold his head up um, because the weather here in Colorado is, is quickly getting nicer and nicer all the time. So then to go along with that, I, I dropped my son off the other day at martial arts and a girlfriend of mine that we know from the gym there had borrowed a couple of my baby knit books because I don't do a ton of baby knitting um, the way I did, you know, when all my friends were having babies. Uh, but I had a Zoe Malore Adorable Knits for Babies and a Zoe Malore 50 Baby Booties to Knit or something. And I've knit a ton of these patterns. Anyways, I loaned them to my friend because her daughter was having a baby and she dropped them back off. And so that was awesome. And I got my books back and I thought, oh, I can make her some booties to match. So I just whipped up a cute little pair of booties. I literally did this one afternoon as the kids, well, like I got them done while the kids were at their after-school activities, which was pretty awesome. Um, I used the same Spud and Chloe sweater yarn, and the pattern out of that book that I used was um, the textured cuff booties. So it's a little worsted weight pattern. I think I knit them on a size 4 needle, and it's just moss stitch um, on a little cuff and then a little stockinette foot and then moss stitch on the bottom. So they're very cute. I'm sure she will love them. The Spud and Chloe sweater is a great one for baby knits because it does have some cotton and so it's a wool cotton blend so nice and warm but also not going to irritate baby's skin. So those are the things that I have finished. Actually working. This is where the crazy starts you guys. So I had been on this thought process that said I have my true sweater by Hoagie Locatelli that I've been working on. I cast it on last summer. I dusted it off about a month ago and decided that I really wanted to try to get to wear it before it got too warm here in Colorado. And we are having a pretty warm spring, although it snowed the other day. So I was on this kick that thought, okay, it was going to snow the other day. I saw that in the forecast. I was going to have it ready and I was going to wear it through these last couple cold days so that before I had to put all my worsted weight stuff away for the winter, it would get at least one wear. And I was knitting on it pretty monogamously and it was going really well. And then I made like a giant mistake in this sweater. And it's a pretty simple pattern. It's very large sweater. It's long um, and it's got um, wide lapels, I guess you would call them. And pockets, it's very, very cute. But when you get to the part for the pockets, you just split the stitches up for a little while. So you knit the front stitches down a certain amount while the rest are on hold and then you knit the center like the back stitches while the rest are on hold and then you knit the left side stitches rest are on hold and then you that leaves a little hole right um and then later you go back and you pick those up and you knit the pockets so it's very clever construction I was cranking along on that thing and then I did all the separating and I went I put the stitches back together so I knit across the right and I connected the back stitches and I knit across the back and then I connected the left stitches in the opposite order so essentially you have stitches that would be kind of along the seam and then you have stitches that would be kind of along the edge and instead of attaching seam to seam I attached edge to seam and then I knit for six more inches <laughs> And then one night I was like, why does this look all funny and twisty? And it's because I connected the sweater 
to the wrong part of itself. So then I had to rip back so much of this sweater that I had to use my ball winder to do it. Like, it's almost a whole skein of yarn. It's several days of knitting that I had to pull back. And it's a good thing I like the yarn. And I know I'm going to wear the sweater all the time when it's done because i got to go knit those six inches again. So what I decided to do, rather than, like, freak myself out and be really frustrated and upset and just re-knit the exact same six, six, six inches of sweater again, I put the body on hold. I put it on, um, like, the cord of some interchangeable needles, and I capped them off, and I went and picked up the sleeves. So that way I figured... Uh, Still making progress. This is sort of, I mean, I was like six inches from the bind off on the body of this sweater. Not six inches, six rows. Um, so it's like, just take a deep breath and keep moving forward. And then you can go back and do re-knit the part that you already knit again later. So I, I used my ball winder. I ripped everything back. I slid them all onto a long holder and I knit the sleeves. The sleeves took longer than I thought. So there's a sleeve cap that is short rows. And for some reason, I think maybe it's just because I, you have to pay such close attention. There's quite a bit of counting. It just didn't feel like it went very fast. But I got one whole sleeve done and then I'm done. I think I just finished the sleeve cap on the other side and um, I'm ready to knit the second sleeve. And then I guess what I decided was like maybe monogamous knitting is not my thing. <laughs> and also... Like, as I look at the forecast, I'm just not sure that I'm going to get a chance to wear it before the fall. And that was kind of my big driver was I wanted to get this done. I wanted to be able to wear it. And I do think there's a little bit of cold in my forecast this week. Yeah, Wednesday it's going to be 41 degrees, but I'm not going to be done with this sucker by Wednesday. And then Sunday it's going to be cold. Saturday and Sunday next weekend it's going to be cold. So you never know. Maybe I will finish it up this week and maybe I will get to wear it next weekend. But if I don't... Um, that's okay too. So that is hibernating on my desk right now. It is still sitting down in sort of the main place that I sit during the day. And so I will probably pick it back up. Um, I'm going to talk about the other things I worked on and then we will talk about the bender that I went on this weekend. So I have been just working on a whole bunch of different socks. Um, the Vegas socks I don't think came out of the bag this week. They did, they did move into the purse for a little while, but I don't think I worked on them. I worked on my husband's self-striping socks that live in the car a little bit this week. I worked on my dad and I went to see The Force Awakens, which I now see four times. But he was here. He lives um, in another state, and so he's not here often. And so we took advantage of the fact that he was down here, and we went to the movies and out to dinner the other night. And so I brought my self-striping socks that... Um, are the green, blue, and gray that I did a while ago. I dyed those up, and so I'm on the second sock, and I managed to knit the whole leg, um, and I'm ready to put in the lifeline for the heel on that pair. So that's pretty exciting. And um, the other ones that got quite a bit of love this week were the other self-striping, which was the gray with the speckles that I've been working on. And so those are also ready for the, I think, ready for the lifeline so that I can keep knitting the foot of the second sock of those as well. So I will definitely have two new pairs of socks out of that whole exercise pretty quickly. And then um, the other day when I had to take my dad to the hospital, we had to be there at 7 in the morning. The hospital is 
a little over an hour south of my house. He was staying um, close to the hospital instead of staying with us. And so I had to drive down, pick him up, and have him there by 7 in the morning. So it was an early day. And then I couldn't stay with him during the tests. They wouldn't let me, so I came home. And then I went back and picked him up in the afternoon. So I had been in the car, like, all day long. And I was tired, and it was stressful. And I dropped him off, and then I realized that the hospital was only... Like, if I went back my way 10, 15 minutes, I'd be at Fancy Tiger. <laughs> so I did. I went to Fancy Tiger in the afternoon. And I was looking for a hard copy of Interpretations. They did not have them at Fancy Tiger. But I got a couple of cute things. So I picked up some Chowgu needles. I was wanting to cast on some socks out of the speckled yarn that I... Um, that I dyed up a couple weeks ago before my trip. I was procrastinating and decided to dye yarn instead of doing things on my list. And so I um, I cast those. I bought some chagu needles, and they were $6, which seemed like an excellent price, so how could I not? And then my son has a birthday party to go to this weekend, and his best friend is always asking me about needle felting and do I know about needle felting and can I help them make animals needle felting so they have these great kits at Fancy Tiger the company's name is Wool Buddy and they had a whole I mean they must have had 20 different varieties this says 12 and over um these guys are 10 so I think it's going to be fine and I I stood there for a long time trying to decide they had whales and narwhals and dragons and anglerfish and all these like really really cool felted animal kits but they had them marked easy medium and difficult and so I went for easy so I got him a little needle felting cat kit and I'm pretty excited about it I think he will enjoy it and like I said he asks me about it all the time because he knows that I'm crafty so hopefully this will be something that he thinks is cool so that was my adventure to fancy tiger so that meant that I got to cast on those speckly socks, and um, and that was a lot of fun. So this is where things take a turn for the crazy. I was feeling like I just wanted to cast on some new things, and I just was ready to start some new things. I've been knitting like a ton of socks, and, um, and I feel like maybe that just hasn't been very gratifying. The sweater was starting to feel like work instead of fun. So I cast on a whole bunch of things, and I'm just going to start talking about them. A couple of them I haven't actually cast on yet, but I wound up a whole bunch of yarn. I have patterns picked out. I've been swatching like crazy. Oh, and I have a cool swatching thing to tell you guys about, too. So the first thing that I cast on is the Breathing Space sweater by Vera Valimaki. This was from Interpretations 3. So I did buy an online copy, of a PDF copy of that the other day. Then I did find it in paper, and I kind of wished that I had waited, but it's okay. It's all good. Um, so Breathing Space is the sweater from Interpretations 3 that is it's a pullover. It's fingering weight, and she uses a solid color and then a speckle, and it stripes, and it stripes like down the sleeves and down the body, and but the stripes on the body are like on the bias, and then it's got an asymmetrical hem, and it's so cute. So I've been dying to, to cast this one on since I did the review a couple of weeks ago. And um, then I had this, what hopefully will turn out to be a really great idea, which is that back in February, I went to the Loopy U, and I bought a gradient set from them. It's called the Loopy Hues. 
And what you get is five mini skeins of five gradient colors. And I hadn't figured out what I was going to do with it yet. And then I decided that maybe a gradient on this sweater would look super cool. Hopefully I'm right. <laughs> um, so I wound those up to be the contrasting color instead of the speckles. And then I had in my stash some Madeline Tosh Twist Light in the Moonstone colorway, which is um, a beautiful silver gray. And it's so funny because in, in the ball, it looks a little bit vanilla. But as with all things Madeline Tosh, once I started um, knitting it up, it really is very tonal and beautiful. And I'm really, really happy with this yarn. I've had it in my stash for a while, kind of waiting for the perfect thing. And I feel like this is the perfect thing. And the good news, too, is that this pattern is going to use more of the yarn than I have. No. <laughs> Less of the yarn than I have. And so I will have some leftovers. And I've been kind of really fixated lately on things that use... Um, you know, self-stripings or speckles or things in interesting ways and just kind of need a neutral to balance them out. And I think I'm going to end up with two skeins of this left so that I can play around a little bit more. I think this light gray is going to make a really nice balance and counterpoint to a lot of different fun things that I have in mind. So what I'm going to do, because I want the gradient to look um, deliberate, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I want it to look deliberate and not haphazard. So the, you knit the yoke and you do a little bit of the striping and then you start the sleeves. And then as usual, right with a raglan, put the sleeves on hold and you knit the body. I'm going to, I counted up from the photo how many stripes were on the sleeve and I have five colors in my gradient. So it looked to me like it was 20 stripes. So I'm gonna put the body on hold instead and knit the sleeves first. So that way I'll do two, four stripes I think I need of each of the colors um, and then all the way down. And then when I'm doing the body, I can just knit however much yarn I have left, right, in each color and just let it progress as more of a natural gradient. But that way the sleeves will match each other. The sleeves will follow the gradient the same way that the body of the sweater will follow the gradient. Even if it might not be the same number of stripes, it'll look like the same progression of colors, and I think it's going to be amazing. So I'm pretty excited about this. I did have a bit of a knitting attack on this one as well. I cast it on last night. Calls for a U.S. size 2 needle, no, U.S. size 4 needle, um, and I am a very loose knitter, so I swatched and I needed to use a 2, and I found a 2 in my room, and it was a Knit Picks Caspian wood needle, and the dang thing fell apart. Um, as I was working on this last night, and I really wanted to get to like a certain point, the short rows at the beginning, that's a very hard thing to stop in the middle of. So I was just determined to like, let me just get to that point. I was watching with the kids, and then I'll go up and I'll see if I can find another needle. I ended up having to pull a needle out of a, a long lingering project to, to do this, but um, it was super, super frustrating. And some stitches dropped, and I got it all fixed today, so I feel really good about it now, but man... I was super annoyed, and I've I've had some trouble with my Knit Picks needles. Um, I have a set of interchangeables. I have at least one of those where the tip will kind of pop out, and I, I've had several of the Caspians that have snapped. So I think I'm done with 
there are wooden needles. I, I don't think I'll do that again. I would consider doing the metal needles, um, but because my local yarn shop carries carbons and those are kind of my go-to anymore, I think I'm I think I'm done adding those needles to my stash. I was so frustrated last night, and I know it can happen with any needles, but I've had what feels like more than my fair share of issues with the nitpicks needles. So I am working on this now. I'm working on the raglan shaping and sort of building out the sleeves on the fifth or sixth set of increases here. And um, my goal today is to get to the part where I'm starting to add in some color. So I will post pictures, um, but this is one I'm really excited about. And I have total delusions that like less than two weeks from today when I'm at Yarnfest, I'll be wearing the sweater. It's not going to happen, but that is my delusion. I think because I feel like it'll be so much fun to knit the stripes that somehow magically it will knit faster <laughs> than it would have. But maybe I'll work on it a lot and, and maybe I'll get it done. Who knows? You never know. Uh, so the thing that I wanted to talk about with swatching is I picked up, I'll talk about where I picked this up in a little while, but I picked up this cool Ann Bud Knits um, yarn gauge, and it's so fun. And so this is, it looks like a ruler. It's clear plastic, pretty flexible plastic, and it has these little pictures on it that show you how many stitches to an inch. So it starts at four stitches to an inch, goes all the way down to nine stitches to an inch, and it's see-through. So you can basically just lay it over your knitting and then see what that number of stitches per inch looks like. So like I'm supposed to be at, I think I'm supposed to be at six stitches per inch in this sweater, and I can line this up and like exactly it lines up in the little drawings so that I know that my gauge is spot on, which is honestly super exciting. So this was a really fun little thing that I picked up. I had seen it on somebody's Instagram, I'm not sure whose, and I had kind of just reminded myself that I wanted to get one, and when I saw them yesterday, I was super psyched about it. So that is Ann Bud Knits. Um, AnnBudKnits.com is written on here, so maybe you could even order them online. Um, but totally, totally worth it. So that's the first thing. The second thing, um, I'm going to talk about in stash, actually, because I have a really fun stash acquisition that I want to talk about. Um, I am working on swatching with for another one of the interpretations patterns. So um, this one is called My Everything. It was from the whole word in the interpretations book and I bought myself a couple of weeks ago some Madeline Tosh pashmina worsted which is my favorite base which is being discontinued and um, the colorway is Vishnu and I ordered it online from Jimmy Beans I think and because they were having a sale um, to close it out because it's going out of stock so this color is a beautiful purples and blues the cat is chewing on the filter um, purples and blues and it's just gorgeous and I feel like it's gonna be perfect for this sweater so I'm swatching for that and my goal is to cast that on this week and start working on it uh, I don't know that this will get you know a lot of love at first but I want to get it cast on and started it looks like it's gonna be a super fun knit the construction looks a lot like um, 
a lot of hers where there's cable across the back, cable along the hem, and it's a circular hem. And I really feel like it's going to be a lot like Jenica, which was one of my favorite things to knit. So I'm looking forward to that. And this color is just to die for. So I'll post pictures of that as well. I am finally going to get um, one of the Color Wheel Knits projects cast on this week. So I had swatched a while back for the Fine Jacket, which is a really cute. It was in the greens. I have um, some Madeline Tosh. I think it's just like a merino um, worsted merino. It was one of the sweater club ones, and it was, um, one that they were calling, maybe it was like a little more rustic of a merino, but it's really nice, and I have it in, um, Grasshopper, which is a beautiful green. I feel like this little jacket is something that I would get a ton of wear out of, um, during the winter, and it, it's a pretty, I don't want to say quick knit, but for a sweater, the yardage is pretty small, and so I feel like this is a sweater I could accomplish in a pretty good amount of time. So that's the one I'm going to start with. That I'm hoping to cast on tonight. It's another Bellamacki pattern. And there's a bunch of short row shaping. I was checking out the pattern last night. So that's going to require a little bit of brain time, which is fine. Um, and I'm hoping to get that cast on tonight. And then the last thing is I have been looking for a sport weight shawl to cast on and um yesterday I was with a friend I'm going to talk about that in stashed but I was with a friend and she was looking for yarn for a sport weight shawl that she had already picked up and so the name of that shawl is windswept and I will talk about talk about that a little bit in a couple of minutes so so those are the things that I am actually working on I had this whole plan too that I was going to finish my um, my Austin hoodie because I would like to take that on the trip that I'm taking with the kids this summer and so I am hoping that I will still manage to pick that up that I am knitting out of uh, Tosh Mo light which is their mohair um, blend base and the colorway is scratched record which is a beautiful gray and it's a fingering weight and I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that I've actually knit as much of that as I have when I pull it out as I have in my imagination but I, I feel like that fingering weight hoodie would be really good for this trip that we're going on this summer so that is part of the plan actually stashed. So I did make a couple of yarn acquisitions this time around. I had a lot of fun doing it too. So this week um, I made a stop at Fancy Tiger. I already talked about that. And then yesterday I had a yarn date with my friend Sarah, who is the knitting type. Sarah has just launched a video podcast. Um, it is on YouTube only. She doesn't have it on iTunes as far as I know, um, but it's called The Knitting Type, and it is charming. She does a really good job. She's really a lot of fun to listen to. She's very witty, and uh, I am enjoying her podcast quite a lot. I don't have a lot of time for video casts. Mostly I listen to podcasts in the car, and I find that the video casts take up a lot of space on my phone, so I can't really just, you know, socket at zombies I'll put on and and have that running just sound only in in my car sometimes but I don't have a ton of time for video casts uh, the other one I make time for is Emily from Knitting Butterflies um, I usually listen to her audio and then if I'm intrigued by a product project that she's working on I'll go back and just kind of zoom ahead and watch the video of 
what she's got going on. But anyway, Sarah is the knitting type, and uh, she's got two episodes so far, and it's a really it's a really fun watch, so I recommend it highly. So Sarah and I decided to get together. She had invited me to a bunch of different yarny things that I wasn't able to make it for, so we decided to just get together and have breakfast and then go yarn shopping this weekend. So we went to um, Lambspun in Fort Collins, Colorado. Lambspun is attached to this cute little restaurant called the Back Porch Cafe, and literally... You walk around the corner in the restaurant, you end up in the yarn shop. So it's pretty, pretty cute little setup. The restaurant itself was very, very cute. We had a nice little breakfast, and then we went over to Lambspun and checked that out. They had a lot of really interesting stuff. They had spinning stuff, and they had um, weaving stuff, and they had a lot of brands of yarn that I used to, I feel like I used to hear about when I first started knitting that I thought were like the big, there was like Debbie Bliss yarn and there was some Rowan yarn and Noro and things like that. So maybe a little more like old school brands of yarn, but a lot of nice selection there. They had a beautiful selection of buttons, which was really good. And then I picked up, um, some self-patterning sock yarn. So I've never tried self-patterning sock yarn before. I'm going to have to look up the brand and put it in the um, show notes because I don't have it sitting out with me right now. But it was really bright colors, kind of very Easter-y colors, and Easter's next Sunday. And um, I just thought it would be a fun thing to try. I think my mom might really enjoy it. I hope that you guys can't hear the cat scratching at her scratching post. I'm in with the cats today. Um, so... Uh, so that was a really fun um, purchase, and I am pretty excited about that one. I'm not sure when I will cast it on, but maybe as one of these sets of socks wraps up. And then, again, I'll note the yarn in the show notes, but it has it came with a little spool of like reinforcing thread so that you could use that on the heels and double it up, and it, it's like a little spool that was tucked inside the skein of yarn, so that was kind of cool as well. So from there, we headed over to My Sister Knits, also in Fort Collins, um, this is just the most charming yarn store. I know that I talked about this when I was up there in September or so. Um, but it's a little, like, carriage house tucked behind this very beautiful house in Old Town Fort Collins. They have a chicken coop outside. And then you walk in, and it's like a little house with the most beautiful <laughs> selection of yarn I've ever seen. And they're super friendly and very charming in there. The staff is really nice. Um, they have a really great selection of really, really amazing yarns. Great selection of Madeline Tosh. They carry Hedgehog Fibers now. They carry the Neighborhood Fiber Company, Quince & Company, Anzula Luxury Fibers. So lots of really nice selection of great yarns. If you are in the area, if you're local, check them out for sure. If you're going to be in Colorado, like if you're coming for Yarn Fest, I would highly recommend both My Sister Nets and the Loopy U in Fort Collins, both amazing stores. So we went over, and I didn't have anything particular in mind that I was looking for. Sarah was looking for yarn for a couple of shawls. The first one was this windswept shawl that I was talking about. So she was looking for um, some of some yarn to go with that. She ended up with some Anzula Luxury Fiber, I think is what it's called, in a sport weight in a beautiful color called Nimbus, which is kind of a blue. And when I got home, I decided, oh, I really liked that pattern. I've been looking for a sport weight shawl. I think a sport weight shawl is 
would be a nice addition to my wardrobe. I'm starting to figure out that I can't always be wearing my worst and weight sweaters, but if I have more shawls and things, I could extend the time of the year that, where I could wear my, my knits, wear something knitted. So um, I want to take a sport weight shawl with me when the kids and I go away for three weeks in June. And I have this beautiful, um, oh gosh, I always get it wrong. I, I want to say blue sky alpaca, and that's not what it is. Blue Moon Fiber Arts is what it is. Blue Moon Fiber Arts. Um, BFL sport that my husband gave me for Christmas. This was on my wish list at Eat Sleep Knit and he just shops liberally. I have to always make sure that my wish list is up to date so he knows what to buy at Christmas time. But this is a 600 yard skein and the color that I have is electric Kool-Aid acid test. So it's bright like rainbow colors. And I'm going to cast on this shawl and I'm not sure it'll get a lot of work um, before the trip but it is just one sort of Mondo skein of sport weight yarn, and I thought that would be a really fun thing to bring along. I'll talk about my plans for that um, a little bit more, but it was funny because Sarah and I were talking about, you know, different people gravitate towards different colors, and so she was looking for this beautiful muted blue, and then I came home and skeined up my um, insane acid <laughs> electric Kool-Aid yarn. I texted her a picture. I said, you're going to crack up because I'm going to knit the same shawl and wait until you see the color I picked. So, that was um, that was fun, and then I did pick up uh, one skein of Hedgehog Fibers. So I had been eyeballing the Hedgehog Fibers the other day when I was at Fancy Tiger, and I decided, no, the one I was looking at was sort of a speckle. I thought, no, I have a speckle at home that I dyed, and I want to play with that first, so let me do that. I was good. Um, but they had this colorway at my sister knits called Villain, and it is this awesome, like, it's orange and pink and there's a little bit of green and it's just it just was like screaming at me like you have to buy this yarn so I bought it not knowing what I was going to do with it um I did not want to make socks with it it is in their sock base they have a fingering weight single as well but I went with the sock base but I really feel like it's yarn that like wants to be seen right it doesn't want to be stuck inside my boots all day so I got home and I I went on Ravelry to put it in my queue or in my stashing, and I um, I f decided to go and use that feature where you can look and see, like, what have other people done with this yarn? And somebody had knit out of Villain and then one other color that was um, more of a, like, a natural base with speckles on it, um, the Spectrum Shawl by Hohi Locatelli, which is from her authentic collection, and it's gorgeous. And I liked it a lot when I reviewed that collection, um, but I decided it was like the perfect thing for the shawl. So I came upstairs to dig around in my stash. I had this moonstone that I knew I was going to use, but I knew I would have leftovers. And the contrasting color, you use two colors. One, you need like a whole skein of yarn. She even says in the pattern, like, you need a whole skein of yarn. You're going to use every inch of this yarn. And then the other, you use like a couple hundred yards. So... I dug through my stash. I had some black I had dyed with another thing in mind that I thought, well, I could use that. I had some black with Stellina in it that I bought from Knit Picks, and I had a charcoal gray of the same base, and then I had the Moonstone. I kind of laid them all out, and I decided that the one I liked the best was the charcoal Stellina. I think it's like Stroll Sparkle um, from Knit Picks. I bought it on clearance. And I cast that on last night, and it's going to be a really fun knit. 
So it's really like chevrons, um, and it starts narrow at one end um, with the contrast color, and then it works its way to the main color. So for me, the gray will be the contrast, and the orangey, pinky green villain will be um, the main color. And it gets wider as it goes, and then there's these very subtle chevrons. So they start out, her sample is knit in a natural um, color. Silver Fox is what she used for the main color. And then Spectrum, which is a variegated blue. And so it looks, at the beginning, it looks like a white with blue stripes. But then as it gets bigger, it looks like blue with white stripes. I know that sounds silly, but you can look at the pictures online. Um, and then at the end, there's a whole like big section of this bright color. And so I just think it's going to look amazing. I'm super excited about it. So I cast that on right away, and I'm really, um, really, really psyched about that one. I think it's going to be fun, and I think I'm going to wear it a ton. And then this is a pattern that, honestly, like, you start to look at it and you think, I have, like, six different yarns and, like, all these different color combinations that I just want to knit this in. I felt the same way about breathing space. I was like, maybe I could knit, like, four of these, which is dumb. But I, but I thought about it, and um, like I said, I think I'm really into this idea of taking these gorgeous, you know, speckles or gradients or really interesting variegated yarns, and instead of trying to find something that uses them exclusively, I really want to think about ways to use them so that they're used along with another yarn that really just lets them sing, right, and lets it stand out and, and lets that special yarn um, shine. So that is Spectrum by Hohi Locatelli, and... Um, Another couple things that I picked up while I was at my sister knits is I got a Lolo bar. Um, I got a Lolo, I think it's a Lolo to go. Maybe it's just, yeah, Lolo to go. And the scent is in stitches. Um, it's really nice to see the price tag won't come off. And so I can't tell exactly what's in it to know. But I guess now I know a scent that I like. They had only a couple of scents, but I didn't realize they carried them there, so that was really fun, and that is where I got the Ann Bud gauge thing, um, which is probably going to turn out to be like the best $5 I ever spent, so that was my stash stuff for the week. I do have a Madeline Tosh Sweater Club coming in. I think I told you guys I, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it this time, and then I saw the colors, and I freaked out, and I had to have them, so I will be getting some, I think it's DK is the first shipment, um, and the colorway that I got is Walden's Pond. It's blues and greens. It's really pretty. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're shipping this week. So by the time I record again, I will probably have that in hand. Actually, hand dyed. I did not think that I was going to do any dyeing this time through. And then yesterday and today, both, I did a little bit of dyeing, which was super fun. Uh, the first thing that I did was I wanted to dye up some yarn for myself for the Peeping Cowl, which is yet another um, interpretations pattern. This one's by Hohi Locatelli. So if you're familiar with the three-color cashmere cowl that she did, I don't know, everybody was knitting them last year at Yarn Fest, so I'm guessing it was about this time last year it came out. Um, this is a four-color version of that. It's got some of the same elements where it's got cute little striping sections, um, but then there's also two sections of cables, and I think possibly one section with a little bit of lace, or at least like eyelets for interest kind of thing. 
And the one in the book is all in Madeline Tosh colors. There's a, there's a light gray, um, Baltic, I think, is the blue, kind of a turquoisey blue. And then there's a navy blue. And then she picked this um, coppery color, kind of a brown, as the contrast color. So I was sort of thinking that I would take a look around and see if I could find anything um, in my travels this week. Maybe I would pick something up for it, and that if not, I would dye something. And I, I did look at quite a few things. Um, they have unicorn tails both at Fancy Tiger and at My Sister Knits. And the unicorn tails are these 52-yard mini skeins of Madeline Tosh. Then at Fancy Tiger, they had this thing where you can have all of the unicorn tails in all of the colors for like $135. <laughs> Comes with a pattern to make this cowl, which they had a sample of the cowl, the same thing, same sample, at My Sister Knits, and it was, oh my god, stunning. Like, so stunning. Just chevrons, and then in like every color of Madeline Tosh. It's so pretty. Um, so, but I, I just wasn't convinced that that was exactly the way I wanted to go. Um, I certainly wouldn't have needed all of the, the mini skeins. Maybe that's what I'll ask for for Christmas this year, for my birthday, for Mother's Day. Um, but uh, anyways, I when I was at my sister knits, they had unicorn tails as well. They didn't quite, they had quite a few of like the dark ones. They had Dirty Panther and they had a gray and... But they didn't have as much of what I wanted in terms of the bright pops of color. Um, and then they had hedgehog fiber mini skeins that were beautiful. And I do think that the yardage was more than on the, the unicorn tails. But they were like $11, like $10.50 for a mini skein. And um, I just couldn't justify it. So when I got home yesterday afternoon, I took two skeins of the merino cashmere nylon fingering weight that I have in my stash and I split them up into four hopefully equal um, size skeins and I dyed them the great news was I had dye stock for all of these colors except it ended up being one I dyed them up I did uh, peacock blue and I had done some peacock blue from this same batch of dye stock before, and I've used this color before, but I, I think I must have dyed the stock up a little bit too, like, or mixed it up too weak, because it didn't quite come out the way that I wanted, and then I was going to come and make a new batch and try the peacock blue again, and as I was digging through, looking for that powder, I found Brilliant Blue, which is a jacquard dye that I have. Um, a lot of the ones that I use are from Dharma Trading. This is one of the jacquard dyes, and... I decided that Brilliant Blue was the exact description of what I was looking for. So I mixed up some dye stock for that instead, and I and I used that. And I over-dyed what I had already done in the Peacock that I wasn't happy with. And then I did Caribbean Blue, which is a turquoise. It's not the same as the turquoise that Hoagie has in the sample. Um, but I feel like that really rich, brilliant royal blue next to a really pretty turquoise, like that's going to be a nice contrast. And then I did Black. But I just did a very little bit of black dye in the pot um, so that it turned out a really nice, looking around and I don't have it up here, um, a really nice gray. It's got a lot of depth to it, a lot of variation in it, and I think it's going to be 
really, really pretty. And then for my pop of color, I went crazy and I did chartreuse green. So it's going to have this really vivid green. I think it's going to be really springy and pretty and I'm very excited about it. So I dyed those up yesterday. It was warm enough today that I could sit them out in the sun to dry. Um, and I just caked them up before I came up here to record. So I will probably try to get that cast on this week as well. And just have that as something that I can be working on here and there. I, I'm kind of hoping, and I sort of had been hoping, that they would have kits maybe at Yarnfest. I know that last year a couple of people had kits for it. Um, and I feel like Western Sky Knits makes a cashmere blend in a small put-up. Because I remember them saying, like, oh, if you liked that three-color cow, like, you could check out this basket over here. We've got some smaller skeins or something. So I may, you never know, I may buy some to make a second one. I feel like it might be a fun gift for my mom or something. But I was, I really enjoyed the dyeing of that. And then today, this is where the yarn thing started to feel like a bender. Um, today is Palm Sunday, and so the kids and I were dying Easter eggs because it felt like the right thing to do today. We're going to have a busy week, and I wanted to make sure we got to it in plenty of time. So we were, I bought like the pause kit, you know. Um, ben and I picked it out at the grocery store yesterday. The one we got this year was neon, and my kids are older. They are more patient. Um, they were letting the eggs sit in there for a really long time, and some of these eggs were coming out these like amazing, insane colors. In particular, the blue, which is very much a, you know, like a robin's egg blue, and then this purple that was really jacked one, and it's just like vibrant purple, but also quite a lot of pink in it. And so when we were done with the eggs, I ran upstairs while we were dyeing the eggs, and I had a Stellina sock blank in my stash. And I grabbed that and I soaked it in some vinegar while we were finishing up. And then when we were done, I just dunked it. I just dunked like the one end in the blue and got as much of it wet as I can. It's so pretty. I'm unrolling it now. And then I dunked the other end in the purple, which is also like amazing and so, so pretty. And then there was a little section that sort of wouldn't fit in either. And I took that and I dunked it in the pink and it just came out like a really pale pink. And especially because this is a sock blank, I think this is going to be real subtle. But I thought I would take this at some point, probably not anytime soon. Oh, and so then I microwaved it, right? So it already had vinegar too in the dye because that's what you do with the egg kits. And I figured this is all food safe dye, so I didn't have to be as nervous about, like, I didn't need to steam it or anything. I just put it in a Ziploc bag and I stuck it in the microwave for five minutes. And then I put it outside in the sun to dry. It did fade a little in the sun. Um... But in ways that I really like, I'm not sad about the fading that it has. And the purple especially. I might have to try to get a picture of this so that I can post it in the show notes. But the purple has all sorts of variation. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to take this and make myself, like, maybe probably a shawl. Um, but make myself something and maybe do it with, you know, something like that spectrum where you have two colors where there's a you know, a neutral color to kind of anchor the whole thing, and then this beautiful set of colors from dyeing eggs with my kids, and have an Easter shawl that I could wear, um, obviously not this Easter, but that I could wear on Easter and just remember, like, oh yeah, I did this when we dyed these eggs, and like, wouldn't that be fun? And I don't know, maybe I'll make that a tradition every year, um, because they're getting big, and there's probably only so many years that they're going to be willing to dye eggs with me left, which is depressing. But anyways, I have this lovely sock blank now, and I'm 
really, really happy with it. Um, and I think it's going to be something stunning when I figure out what it, what it wants to grow up and be. So that'll be my little Easter present to myself at some point. And that is it for my dyeing this week. Actually planning. I wanted to um, start to talk a little bit about my plans for the summer. So um, my kids and I are going to take a three-week vacation this year, which I am super, super excited about. We will be, I'm taking three whole weeks off work, which I never, ever do. And we are heading to the beach. So I am starting to think through knitting for that long period of time. Obviously, we're going to be, you know, beaching and pooling and all of those things. But, I, you know, I feel like I could knit socks on the beach. I feel like I could knit just about anything near a pool. And I, it's not like I'll be in the water with them, you know, every second that we are because they're big now and they don't, they don't need me in the water all the time. And then we'll have nights, you know, where we've got downtime and quiet time and after they go to bed and whatever, I should be able to pick up a little knitting here and there. So I've been trying to think through what is a realistic amount of knitting to bring for three weeks. I think I have an unrealistic but manageable amount of knitting. That's a long flight too. So we'll have long flights. Um, the tickets, the way I book them, are a little weird. We'll have, like, kind of long delays between flights and things like that. So I am planning to bring with me three pairs of socks and the sport weight shawl, which I think will probably end up being this windswept shawl. And then I'm going to bring with me a fingering weight sweater. The one, I have a lot of fingering weight sweater quantities in my stash and so I on the one hand I like really just need to start working these off I need to start knitting these up um on the other I also am feeling like boy fingering weight sweaters I sure would get a lot of use out of um here in Colorado especially because they would fit better under a coat and then oh in the spring I could just wear that so I want to start knitting these up the one that I am leaning towards bringing right now is a pretty recent acquisition from the last round of Sweater Club, and that was some, I think it's an 801010 Madeline Tosh fingering in ultramarine violet. So it's this really bright, vivid purple. So now I need to go and figure out what the pattern I want to use for that one is. Um, and so those are my plans, but I'm starting to try to think that through and, and figure out, you know, if I'm going to have to pack knitting for three whole weeks, I just want to make sure I have enough variety to keep me happy with my knitting while I'm gone. Actually attending. The big thing that I want to talk about today is Interweave Yarn Fest. Interweave Yarn Fest is coming up very soon. Two weeks from now it will be over. <laughs> so it's going to be in Loveland, Colorado at the Embassy Suites Hotel and that is Thursday, March 31st through, I think it's maybe just through Saturday, April 2nd, um, and I'm taking classes on Thursday and Friday. I'm taking a class um, on, they're both design classes. One is like about your design career. I got a note from the instructor the other day that I need to go read, and the other one is more about, I think it's like more like math for designers kind of thing, but anyways, I thought they both sounded really fun and really interesting. The one is, a, I think on Thursday I'm taking a six-hour class, and on Friday I'm taking a three-hour class. I'm planning to also be up there on Saturday um, and go to the marketplace. So even if you're not taking a class, I guess a couple things, right? The um, the 
market last year was really good. Um, there are some really cool people that were there last year that aren't coming back this year, um, but there are a lot of really great people coming to the marketplace. If you're not taking any classes, I think they are charging $5 this year for a marketplace pass. They might have done that last year, but I took classes, so I, I guess I didn't know. And when I noticed that the other day, I thought, huh, I don't know if that's new or if that's the way it always was. I wanted to talk a little bit about the vendors that I'm most excited to see at uh, Yarnfest this year. So first of all, all of my friends <laughs> from Nitnosh, except I don't think MJ is coming, um, but Bija Basin Ranch will be there. I am considering, again, I didn't end up buying any yarn at Nitnosh, and so, so I think I'll probably pick up some Bija Basin. I have some lace weight that I have in my stash, and I feel like I need one more skein to make that into uh, enough to be a thing, to be something. Um, and then Scandalous will be there. One thing that I wanted to point out about Scandalous is that Donna's been doing self-striping yarns. She's been doing those with a Star Wars theme. They're not Star Wars, Star Trek theme. Oh my god, sorry. Um, and they're super cute. You can find them on Scandalous.com. I'm hoping she's going to have them with her at Yarnfest. Donna, if you're listening. Um, but all of her stuff is gorgeous, so I'm definitely going to pick up something from her. And then Renee from Nerd will be there. I am sure that in addition to her yarns, she will have all of her really great witty um, knitting accessories like bags and things like that. So lots of fun. If you're coming, please do check out all of my Knit Nosh friends. Um, and then there were some others that I am, I am also very excited about. Last year, I got... Um, quite a bit of yarn from Western Sky Knits, and they have just a beautiful selection. Their yarn is really, really gorgeous. They had sock weight yarn in um, a regular base and a nice sparkle. I think they call it twinkle base. Um, they had a more, um, an MCN base that was a little more luxurious. They had worsted weight yarns, and like I said, they had um, some that were really good for that three-color cashmere cowl, and so there were lots of beautiful things from them. I'm very much looking forward to seeing their things. Um, the other one that I'm very excited about, I don't think she was there last year, but Lisa Souza Dye Works is going to be there. They sponsor the Knitmore Girls, and so I, you know, that's a name that's been kicking around in my head for a really long time. Never seen their yarn in person, but that is a booth I'm very excited to visit. And then Yarns on the House, which I think they also call themselves Yoth Yarns, um, they will be there. They did a trunk show at my sister knits um, over the winter, and I was not able to get up there for that. But um, but I have seen their yarns. They had a little bit left over at my sister knits after the trunk show. So that's another one that I'm very excited about. So I'm kind of giving my permission myself permission to acquire yarns from at least those couple of places and maybe a couple of others. My hope is the three skeins of yarn that I want to bring on my trip, um, that I can acquire them at Yarnfest and have some cool new sock yarn to bring on my, my big old vacation this summer. So that is my plan for Yarnfest. The other thing is there is going to be a meetup on Saturday night. So Emily from Knitting Butterflies and Danny from the Prairie Girls are playing a Saturday night meetup. Um, I'll have to put the details in the show notes. I don't know exactly what time yet, and I haven't talked to Emily in a couple of weeks, and I think it's at a Chipotle, 
but it could also be a Qdoba because I confuse those in my brain. But there's one right there um, next to the Embassy Suites, and they're planning to just do a casual dinner. It's Emily's birthday, so if you see her that weekend, wish her a happy birthday, give her a hug. Um, and that's her favorite place to eat, except I can't remember if it's Chipotle or Qdoba. But anyways, they're going to do a meetup there, and so if nothing else on Saturday, I am going to go up to um, Loveland and hang out with them, which will be very exciting. The other thing I'm still trying to work through plans for is I, I really am hoping to get myself to Rhinebeck this year. So as my plans for that come together, I will keep you guys posted. I'm working on plans for the next round of Nitnosh, but I don't have anything yet that I'm ready to announce on the podcast. So just listen to the space and you guys will be among the first to know. Actually connecting. So I thought this would be a fun new segment to add to the podcast. Um, The reason that I started the podcast was because I wanted to get more involved in the knitting community and make more connections with knitters like me. So I thought this would be a fun um, thing to add just to give shout outs to people that I've enjoyed getting to know or let you guys know, you know, places that you could connect with me, things like that. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I hope that it doesn't sound like um, me being obnoxious and name dropping because that is obviously not the intent. Um, so a couple of thank yous. The first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to say thank you to uh, Boston Jen from the Downseller Studio podcast. Jen has a phenomenal podcast that I really enjoy. And she reached out to me the other day with some helpful tips and things about audio quality. So I've made a couple of changes this time around. Then, of course, I'm doing it with cats and kids in the house at the moment. So I'm hoping that the things I'm doing are helping. Um, but it was very generous of her to just reach out. She's got a very successful podcast, and a lot of people love her. And I just thought it was very kind of her to reach out to try to help somebody like me who's still pretty new to the game. So thank you, Jen. Um, you are awesome. And I enjoy your podcast all the time, and I really appreciated you taking the time to reach out to me. The other thing, I had a like a fangirl moment this week because um, Charlene from the Yarniacs sent me a message on Ravelry, and I, I probably have messaged with her before and talked to her on the forum, but she had messaged me because she's going to be at Yarnfest and said, you know, come by the booth. She's working in the Western Sky Knits booth. Um, so anyways, I was just really excited to hear from her, and I'm excited to get to meet her in person. That's going to be a highlight of my Yarnfest experience. Um And then, you know, I had coffee with a couple of knitter friends. I already talked about Sarah, the knitting type. Again, if you're looking for a new video podcast, go check out Sarah. Um, And I had coffee with Emily from Knitting Butterflies the other day. So her new job is just moments away from my house. So we're going to try to get together and knit on a regular basis. But that was really fun for me. We met up, I don't know, like on a weekday morning. So I was able to take kind of a lunch break from work and go meet her. And work is stressful these days, so having that kind of break to just go hang with a knitter friend was really nice. And plus, I got to hear all of her stitches stories in person, which was fun, super fun. So um, so that was great. I'm also really looking forward to her um, meetup at Yarnfest because Danny from the Prairie Girls Knit and Spin is going to be there with her. Um, they are super close friends. They're going to be spending the weekend hanging out together, and so they're doing this little meetup. But if you don't listen to the Prairie Girls, I just think they are charming. It, it just makes me smile. Their podcast, they have a really nice dynamic. They um, they are a little bit 
like goofy and in the best possible way. So I really enjoy them. I'm really looking forward to getting to meet Danny at Yarnfest. So um, if you guys are coming to Yarnfest, let me know. Ping me on Ravelry if you want to, or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as Knit Actually Podcast. Maybe I'll start a thread in the Ravelry group so that we can talk about who's going and who's going to be there when. Um, if any of you guys are local and you want to catch up, Yarnfest feels like a great opportunity to do that. And I wanted to um, just put out the word again. If you guys are interested, if you enjoy the podcast, I sure would appreciate you guys taking the time to do an iTunes review. It makes a big difference in terms of people being able to find the podcast and know what you guys think. So um, if you have the chance to do that, I would tremendously knit alongs and giveaways. I just wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, first of all, I... I think I'm finally knitting on, casting on something from Color Real Knit, so I do still have that um, knit-along thread open. If you guys are casting on anything from Color Real Knits, then post your pictures out there. I love that book so much, and I am excited to finally get a project on the needles from that one, and I would love to see any of the things that you guys are knitting from there as well. So check that one out, and I'm just going to leave that one open long-term because um, much like interpretations, I just want to knit every last thing in that book. And the Knit Nosh Along is still going on. There are still 11 days as of the time I'm recording this to get your Knit Nosh Along projects in. So I wanted to do a quick reminder about um, the rules. They're all posted in the Ravelry group, but basically you guys can earn points. And then based on points, I have prizes. So you could cast on a brand new project from any of my sponsor yarns, Bijou Basin Ranch, MJ Yarns, Nerd, or Scandalous. That'll earn you 10 points. Um, if you cast on something, if you knit something with your samples, then you would get 5 points per project. If you finish a project that you have with your um, yarn from the sponsor companies, excluding the samples, then you would get 25 points. Um, if you use a modular modular project bag, with a newly cast on project that's worth 10 points. Um, I gave out some patterns at the event and also there was an attendee who had a pattern that was designed for two of the yarns. So you can get those names in the Ravelry thread but those are worth five points. If you post pictures on Instagram you'll get a point and if you post pictures of any project at all using the project bag that you got at Knitnosh then you get one point per photo. So I have yarn from all four of the sponsor companies, and I have a project bag from um, Modular Modular. So there is some beautiful yarn, you guys, and um, I hope that you will crank out some projects, cast something on on the needles, um, get some things going. I have been a bit of a slacker despite my crazy cast on whatever. I have not cast on anything with any of my beautiful yarn from any of these companies, although I am thinking about a lace tank top with some MJ yarns that I bought, because um, I think that would be good for my trip, although really like a lace project. I don't know how I'm going to finish that in time. But um, anyways, not too late. I will close the thread on April the 1st. I will be busy that weekend with Yarnfest, but I will tally things up, and um, I'm sure I'll be doing a Yarnfest recap episode, so that's probably when you can expect to hear who the winners are. So happy knitting with that, and good luck. So I think that's it for this time, you guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. I um, enjoy getting to connect with all of you, and I have missed the podcast these last couple weeks when I've been so busy. So 
and it was great to get to hang out with you guys today and thanks talk to y'all soon